0: Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. Dodie, come on up. I just want you to pray and kick off real quick. I was looking for someone. God told me to just bring someone up to pray. Hallelujah. You want me to pray for you, for the yeah, church?
1: For the, for
0: the message okay. today.
1: Oh, well, Father God, we're just delighted to be here. We are in your house. We're having church. We're having relationship. Father, we're not here just because we have to be here. We're here because we delight to be here. Because we know your love. We know your comfort. We know your encouragement. And we know that through the body. We know that through our brothers and sisters. Because of Holy Spirit, you allow them to feel and to fill the needs that we have here in City Gate. So Father God, I just pray for Janou and I thank you for the message he's going to bring, that it's timely It's not just timely for us, Lord, it's timely for you as you speak to us through him. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for the willingness, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you that we will receive everything we have need of, not just spiritually, but sometimes it's the encouragement and it's the thoughts that Holy Spirit drops, that shows us the way in which we should walk. And I thank you for that now, so I bless his message, I bless us, and I rejoice because we can bless you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you. All right. You know, my message today is titled, It's My Time, especially as we are getting close to the new year. And it's not just any new year we are entering a decade called 2020 through 2030 if you look at the timeline you know from 2000s from 2000 to 2010 it was the ushering of i don't know what do you call the prosper prosperity era for america if you look at it in 2000 amazon facebook google a lot of those big microsoft a lot of those big companies came in and changed the commerce world through online and internet and And from 2010 to 2020, which is going to happen, it's been a testing period, not only for the United States, but for the people in general. It's been a lot of trials and tests, but we've made it. We're almost there. And 2020 to 2030, it's going to be an amazing time. So I'm going to get a little more into the details of it. Turn with me to Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. You have a Bible turn with me there. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Isaiah 46 verse 9 and it says remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God I am God and there is none like me. Amen. Hallelujah. And verse 10 says I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done Say, "My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose." Come on, someone say, "Amen, amen. Hallelujah." So God is good; He's all up in our good, and it's, you know whatever we have is because of Him. He's responsible for our good, Amen. And He says, "Declaring the end." From the beginning. You know, I've heard the saying, you know, happiness is not a destination, it's a journey. I don't think that's the case. (laughs) There's definitely a set destination that every saint has. We're not just journeying through and hallucinating through life. There is a set purpose, a set end for every one of you and I sitting here, declaring the end from the beginning. That's why, you know, it's one thing to start the race, All hunky-dory. But it's another thing to finish the race well. You can start it all and in the middle have a great run. But if you don't finish well, it's all in vain. So declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times saying, My counsel shall stand. God says if I speak my words, I will bring it to pass. And if I purpose it, I will fulfill it I'm obligated to fulfill the words that I have spoken hallelujah as I said he's going to surprise us this decade 2020 it's our time come on say it's my time we've gone through the last decade 2010 to 2020 it ain't been easy but it's been always a cycle since man was formed It was always ebbs and flows. It's seasons. And the last decade was a season of forming us, preparing us, and shaping us for what is to come the next decade. Everything is getting ready to turn around. Hallelujah. Touch somebody and tell he's going to do it. He is going to do it. Because if he said it, if he purposed it, he is going to fulfill it. Hallelujah. So, as you said, as we read, in order for his counsel to stand and his purpose to be accomplished, there are three entities in play. There are three entities in play. Let's look at it. Where's that slide? There it is. Three entities in play. Number one, there is God. Number two, there is prophecy. And number three, there is man. I'm going to get to the details. There's God, number one, number two, there's prophecy, and number three, there is man. Man man's human race. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son, born of a woman, born under the law. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. God did that. It was God's responsibility and God did that. He was responsible for the sending of His Son. We were not responsible. So, as you can see throughout the scriptures, God is responsible for the supply of power in order to accomplish anything. Any purpose can only be accomplished through His unlimited supply of power. But then, what is the second word I said? So, three entities God, and then who's number two? Prophecy but even god in order to release his power someone has to declare a word of prophecy matthew 12 matthew 1 verse 22 says all this took place to fulfill what the lord had spoken through the prophet everyone say prophet what does the prophet say the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Yes, God was responsible for the sending of his son, but it had to be activated through the word of prophecy. Our job is to declare it, is to speak it. You don't have to figure out how it will happen. Your responsibility is to speak it. As the Lord shows you, you have to release the word of prophecy. What he's saying is if you say it I'll do it that's why the words of prophecy is so powerful it can change the course of a person's life and that's exactly where the devil tries to fight prophecy as well many churches don't operate in the gifts of the spirit because the enemy knows it's one thing to have a concept of something but it's another thing to bring it to fruition even God had planned that his son should come forth and become a sacrifice for the whole mankind But then who had to declare this? A prophet, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, had to declare it. Thank you, Jesus. So God, the prophetic word, and number three, man. What is man? Man's responsibility, that's what I mean here. Colossians 129, Apostle Paul says, To this end I labor... Striving with all his energy, working powerfully within me. So God has intended it or purposed it. The prophet has spoken it. It ain't going to be pipe dreams, my friends. A lot of the charismatic church, we are sitting and waiting for prophecy to happen. There is your part which you have to play. Apostle Paul said, I labor to this, what? End. He ain't pipe dreaming. He ain't going through a journey saying happiness is a journey, not a destination. That's not the case. He says, I have a specific goal in mind. To this end. To the purpose that God has given Apostle Paul. To this end I labor, striving with all my energy, working powerfully within me. What is your end? What is your purpose? You need to know that clearly. Say Matt Koss, his purpose, his end, might be something in the worship arena. And so to that end, to that unique calling God has put upon him, he labors. I'm just taking an example. I'm not saying that's his purpose. Every one of us, what is our purpose? And to what end are we striving for with all our energy? It's powerful when he says, with all my energy. Can we say that with all my energy? Really? Just think about it. Are we spending all our energy on our purpose in life? So man, the third element responsible for the manifestation of God's purposes. As you know, look at Psalm 115 verse 6: The highest heavens belong to the Lord but the earth he has given to man. In other words, it's our duty to do our part here. On the earth realm, there is a lot that the man has to do. On the earth realm. In order to bring the prophetic words and purposes to be accomplished, there is our part that we have to do. Because the earth he has given to man to subdue earth and to multiply on earth and to dominate the earth, dominion. Thank you, Jesus. To this end, I labor. Thank you, Lord. So, God requires the cooperation of man. And I don't know who, if Apostle Clay said this, you are in control of your destiny. Don't say God is in control. God has already purposed it. Now, you are in control. What are you going to do about it? Thank you, Jesus. So, my main message today is about, it is my time. It's your time. It's your window of opportunity to get on track and labor, striving with all your energy, all your mind, all your heart, to accomplish what God has called you to. If you are distracted, you're going to get derailed. Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 16 says, pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, making the best use of it, because the days are evil. You know, it's it's sad because there's so much time wasters in the church. Time, we are just a lot of us are wasting time. We are just floating through life. We are not. I don't know what's the right word. Because I was reading a recent McKinsey article for business and they were saying how good businesses, profitable businesses, are very determined to cut out all fat and all trim and all waste. They want a, they want a straight path towards profit. They don't want fluff. And they're very scrutin, uh, they scrutinize it hard and they cut off what needs to be cut off without any mercy. Uh, that's business. But with the Christian life, we got to be very that's the word I'm looking for? Shrewd. Absolutely. We got to be very shrewd with our time. Can't be dreaming around and wasting. A lot of, you know, if you look at the charismatic church, you know, with all due respect, how many of people are advancing? It's sad. And so he says here, redeem your time, make the best use of it, because the days are evil. You don't have too much time, the days are evil. Because the next one, Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, I returned and saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance, what happens? It happens to us all. It's like a sand cascading in an hourglass. Time silently passes by you. There's no way to retrieve any lost time, as you all know. And the misuse of time is unacceptable. You know, as Apostle Clay last week said, when kings went to war, what did David do? He stayed behind. Misuse of time. Misuse of time in the church. We got to be very shrewd on how we spend our time. Because time and chance happens to all. Don't get jealous at someone else who is more prosperous than you. Because they know how to use their time and chance more wisely than you. It ain't that God is unfair or discriminating against you or me. It's that another group of people know how to take best advantage of the time and chance they have at their hands. Simple as that. You got the same 24 hours they got. Hallelujah. No, nobody can afford to miss their time and chance. Because, see, if you can't get your blessing at the scheduled window of opportunity, you'll have to wait for the next window. It's not, it's not like it's just happening every day. It's a window of opportunity. It's so a kairos. It's a window of opportunity that comes, which if you're not positioned, it'll just pass you by. But time and chance happens to all, meaning there's time and opportunity for everybody. Who will grab and use the time wisely, who will misuse the time will be the make or break situation. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Matthew, again, again, going back with the time, I want to really hone in on the importance of using our time wisely because it's not not simple as you think it is, okay? This has far-reaching consequences to your destiny more than what you think. Matthew 25, verse 10, this is about the ten virgins. Five of them are wise, five of them were foolish. And it talks about here, while who? They means the five foolish virgins. They were going away to make the purchase. They wanted to go and purchase the oil because they didn't have any. The bridegroom came... And what happened? And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Hallelujah. They missed, these five virgins missed a window of opportunity because they were not prepared or they were not ready. Just look at that verse. As I mentioned, people end up where they are not because they didn't have an uh, equal opportunity, the, but because they didn't make best use of their time. So in this way, if you look at the five virgins, they missed a season. And we've had these opportunities in life, come and go, meaning there have been times when God asked us to leave something. We didn't leave when we should have. We didn't stay when we should have left. So we've lost our place. This window of opportunity comes and goes, guys. If you're not prepared or are you ready, it will leave you. And what I've noticed also about God's timetable is God has already scheduled the events of your life. It's not like it's random, arbitrary stuff. It's the same verse I just told you. You have to be ready to be prepared. Uh, let me look at that verse. Yeah, now, Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our heart to wisdom. Hmm. Teach us to number our days. Okay, it has two meanings to this. As the first meaning is, hey, Lord, teach me or remind me how long will I'm going to live. You know, just the brevity of our life how short the life is. That's one implication. But there is a deeper revelation here. When God says, teach me to, or God tells us to pray, teach us to number our days. Also, it means, teach us to understand the schedule of events that are going to happen in our life. Not every day is the same day. There are days of turning points. If you knew it, you would have positioned it better. Teach us to understand the to number our turning point days, O God, so that we may apply our heart to wisdom. You need to have a revelation about the events of your life. You know, I've had several times prophetic words given to me in advance about what season is coming, so that I can apply my heart toward Wisdom. Because God knows if I miss that window of opportunity, there might never come one, another one again, or it might be several years later before something like that will manifest. So prophetic words come in advance to you so that you can understand the turning points of your life. I'll give you some examples of turning points. Your birthday was a turning point. Your marriage was a turning point. Your first job was a turning point. So imagine you know when you are supposed to send a, job, a resume or when you are supposed to apply for a job. You sat at home. What happens? That turning point is missed. Or when you were supposed to marry and you missed that window. It didn't have. What, what happens? You suffer some losses. So turning points can either be positive or negative. As I said, the birth of your child is a turning point, but your days are filled. Or your, your life is filled with events of turning points. And God says, teach me to understand the events. The num- to number my days also means to understand the events of my life. That I may value my days here. So that I can apply my heart to wisdom. NEI event is a, is, is a turning point event. You know that? When I first came to the NEI event five years ago, I think, around that time frame. I had to make a decision. I remember on a Friday I said, I'm going to take some time off from work. When you recognize your turning point, you would have to do some sacrifices too because that turning point is going to position you to launch you into another trajectory. But if you do not recognize it, it's just your life is going to slip past you. I remember the Breaking Barriers Conference. That's what Apostle Clay titled it almost five years ago, Breaking. That was my first time I came to the city gate. And I took my time off because the Lord told me to do it. And uh, I remember, you know, my whole life turned around since that event. It, it, I, personally, it broke a lot of barriers in my life. Why? Because I recognized that's a turning point season that I can't just let go of. As you saw earlier with the five virgins. Look at this. The bridegroom came and those who were ready went. People who were prepared got in with Christ. This is not this is a general principle, okay? This is not talking about the end times alone. It is talking about a general principle. People who are ready will get the blessing. And the door, the window of opportunity was shut afterwards. Jesus. Come on, someone say, tell God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I need us to find out the turning point days then you can, so that you can operate in wisdom. You know, if you just knew this month or that month or that day or this conference is pivotal, then you would do what you need to do. Very important. Just think about it because strategic points and turning point events are always coming and going. You don't want to take life too casually. And that's what separates the average from the extraordinary. 90% of the human race is average. Even though they are great potential, these are gods, they slept, they're, they're asleep. Only 10% capitalize. That's why they say the majority of wealth are lying in the 10% of the human population. The rest of the 90% are like drones. They go daily to work. They check in. They come back, sleep. They can't do much because someone else is controlling them. You don't want to be in that 90. You've got to be smart. You've got to be positioned. You've got to be ready so that the window of opportunity doesn't pass you by. Hallelujah. So we got to have a revelation about the events or days that is about to come. And you know, another thing I noticed, for God, it doesn't take much time to set events that will define the quality of your life forever. It is some pivotal turning points. It might be three or four major turning points in your life that can set you up for the rest of your life. You know that? This is why you got to be more diligent in your walk. You know, you don't want to settle in the average because you're just too careless. Take three or four, you know, a great, you might apply for ten jobs, but the right one job can set you up for retirement for the rest of your life instead of hopping from one job to another. The right spouse so that you don't have to keep trying out different spouses or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, You know that. What I'm trying to say is there is... That pivotal point that God has, and which we need to be get, you know which we need to not only decipher or understand the events, but also grab opportunity. Grab that opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. Jude 1:20. So during this time, what do we do? He says, "But you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God." So one of the things that we do with our time wisely, as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. This is an elaborate detail. Jude says, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? He says, build yourselves in the most holy faith. A great amount of your time need to be set apart just to build your inner man up. As I mentioned this morning, meditation in the Lord, uniting with him, taking much time, building yourselves in the most holy faith. Every one of us have great potential. We are spirits. But is everyone walking in that potential? No. When I look at people all around the city, I see gods walking as slaves. Meaning people with great potential walking so inferior to their true potential. It's so sad. But every one of us are sons and daughters of God. But so walking under par. It's horrible. But he says, a good amount of time has to be spent building ourselves in the most holy faith. Building my spirit man, my inner man, building myself in my identity in Christ. Just The more time you spend, it's just like the more time you spend in the gym, the more you're going to look cut. And so, in the spirit realm, the more time you spend with God, you're going to build up yourselves in the most holy faith. And he says, and also praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. It's not just tongues. Praying as the Spirit leads you. It can be English. And then keeping yourselves in the love of God. As we said this morning, God is for us. The base of all this is God is for me. God wants to bring out the real man in me, the real woman in me. God wants to bring that the gold in out of me. He wants to put a crowd of pure gold upon my head meaning bringing the pure identity of who we are, showing us reject sin, reject lust. This is not our true nature. We are sons and daughters of God. We are divine beings. So he says, majority of the time has to be separated for this. Build up yourselves in the most holy faith. Nothing should come in between this. You might say, "Oh, I'm busy. I got to put my I could drop my kids to this, drop my wife to that." No excuse. You're now going to as I said, the window will be shut. The opportunity will be gone. Only people who are positioned to enter in through that narrow window can get in. And for that, you got to be in this mindset as Jude says, always focused on being better daily. More and more congruent with the image of God. How do I get more and more transformed. Yes, I messed up yesterday. It's okay. How do I get next step more closer to the image of God? Build up yourselves in the most holy faith. And uh, I put this quote, uh, they say Abraham Lincoln said this, but it says, if I have six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. You know what the Christian world is doing by and large? We are cutting the tree with dull axes. We are busy trying to do work for God, but you ain't no sharp. That's a problem. A lot of kingdom work is happening. Ineffective work. No one's getting saved. You might touch two or three people. The problem is your axe is dull. The smart people would do this. What do they do? Majority of the time, a good chunk of their lifetime is going to do, do this. Building ourselves in the most holy faith. As Jesus did, even Jesus didn't enter into the ministry until the mature time. He didn't go and jump in at 13 years or 14 or 25. He waited till the father's time. Yes, of course, I'm sure he was itching to get in, but he waited. Because he was building himself. The Bible says he he waxed strong and strong in the spirit. This man became a powerhouse by the time he was ready to cut down the tree. It took one or two cuts, the tree was down. But the Christian world is still cutting. Dull access. No anointing. We can't do that. You know, you can say I'm doing the work for the Lord. But God, God in, uh, he doesn't need that kind of work, honestly. I remember years ago when I was like, Lord, I'm going to quit my job and get into ministry of the Lord. Sit, sit down, boy. You ain't going nowhere. You sit and build yourselves in the most holy faith. Don't worry about the Tom, Dick, and Harry. I want This is what he told me. This is the verse he gave me. He said, I'll make you a threshing instrument, new, sharp, and having double edges. You shall thresh the mountains and pulverize them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. This is the word of the Lord that came to me. He said, you sit in my presence, I'll make you a threshing instrument in my hand, he said. This is not what the Christian world is teaching you, though. They say, yo, go to work right now. The Lord wants effective people who can cut that tree in one blow. Not people who are just on something with a dull axe. He wants fire-filled, fire-baptized, Holy Ghost-filled people doing the work of God. That's where healings happen. Deliverances happen. That's where we make Treadway. This is for every saint. Isaiah 41, 15. He wants to make you a threshing sledge. Sharp. So that any obstacles that come before you, you shall pulverize them. Jesus. Strong, but good. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the things about time management, while building yourselves up in the most holy faith, is pay attention to who you're hanging out with. I Meaning, don't hate anybody, but good friends. Love all, but you've got to be very, very careful about who you spend time with. You've got to spend time with people who are able to influence your life, who gotta, who's going to sharpen you, who gotta, who's going to bring you to the next level. You know, we, we, we see the, the beggar on, in the book of Acts, when he saw Peter and John, He immediately paid attention to Peter and John. Remember, he thought he's going to get something, some uh, money from them, because he was a beggar. But he knew something that these men were peculiar, and I'm going to pay attention to them. And what 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 did you see? Peter said. Peter, I don't know if Peter or John said. He said, "Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of the Lord I command you to stand up." And did he say walk? Either way, he said, stand up. And immediately the person got healed. What what I'm saying is, Peter and John had the resources to change man's condition. So we have to really be meticulous about who can change my, whether it's my natural condition or my spiritual condition. And those are the people you need to hang out with. People who can influence your natural, when I say your financial, your career, whatever it might be. Those conditions and your spiritual conditions above all. But we've been hanging out with no good folk for a long time. Don't hate them, but are you going anywhere? My wife, you know, usually she's tough on me. She says, Man, you got to be a little more softer. But you know, I am a man on a mission. I'm, I'm serious. I, I don't know if you like me or not, but it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, you got to have a mission. You need to know the end from the beginning. If God is on your side, you don't, need, you don't need to worry about being on man's good books. Our goal is to help the fellow man anyway, but even they crucify Jesus too. He can't please everybody. And uh, one of my uh, colleagues used to say, even God can not make everyone happy because one, pe- one group needs rain and the other wants sunshine. So we can make everyone happy. That's okay. But I, I, you know, what is something I would, I'd like to convey today is be on a mission. Know what you need and organize your life accordingly. Be ruthless about it. I, I, didn't, I didn't say be rude about it. Be ruthless about it. Kind of organize your time to get fast to your destination. Hallelujah. So here we say, teach us to number our days. And if you keep reading Psalm 90, it talks about your life is like a story. So your life is like a book. There's table of contents. Then there are chapters in your life. It is not a one and done deal, right? We all have (laughs) the ebbs and flows of life for so long. So in in the table of contents, there are seasons. There's a season for this and there's a season for that. The book of life has negatives and positives. There is time to laugh. There is time to cry. If you're sitting here thinking that you are not going to have the seasons of difficulties, the devil has tricked you. Okay? Some things are going to break down in your life, no matter how hard you try. No matter how much effort you expend, some things are going to break down. But that's okay. That's a season. But but what did I say? Your life has a table of contents. Vicky wrote a book. She's got a table of contents in the book. Your life is like a book. If you read Psalm 90, the psalmist says that. That's why in Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, time to build, time to weep, there's time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. God has already scheduled specific events to manifest in your life. So you know that that there are seasons. No matter how good of a Christian you are, there will be difficult seasons ahead. The good thing is we are going to overcome it. Through Christ Jesus, we are going to be victoriously triumphing over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Surely there's an end to your season. No season is here forever. I want to encourage you this morning about that. No season has a permanent date where it says it never gets... There is an expiration date for every season. Because Proverbs 23 verse 18 says, For surely there's an end. Surely there's an end, he says. There's a climax... To what you're going through. And that's good news to somebody because every season is designed to be for a certain period of time. Every season. Okay? If there's trouble in your home, it's getting ready to end. If there's trouble in your work, it's getting ready to end. Hallelujah. If there's trouble in your body, it's getting ready to end. It can't, yeah, amen. It ain't be. Everything God has has a seasons. It ain't going to last forever. Where is that verse? Yeah, there it is. Every, that's Just like seed, time, harvest, this is a principle. There's an expiration date for your problem. Come on, touch two people and say, this too shall pass. Because <laughs> I don't want you to sleep. It's going to end because... We expect this to end. That's another thing. You know, Apostle Clive was saying last time to a girl. He said, hey, when I book my rental car or my airplane, I expect an upgrade. So in this case, in Proverbs twenty-three eighteen, does anyone have that verse? Because I don't know if I put it on the screen. No, I didn't. So, Someone read that, please, for me. Proverbs 23, because the second part I want to highlight here. Who has 23, 18? Tell, just tell me the last part. Thank you, Jesus. 23, Proverbs 23, 18. Yeah. Amen. For surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. People of God need to expect more from God. If there's no expectation, I don't think God can do much. Surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. I know when my wife was going through earlier this year some uh, tough trials, I knew surely there's an end to this. And my expectation, my trust in God shall not be cut off. Banked on strong. And he didn't let me down. Thank you, Jesus. It may look like it ain't never going to happen. Honestly, you know, when my wife was going through the 30-day treatment, I was like, man, is this going to end? But it's going to happen because my expectation will not be cut off. And it did happen. You have, we have to have strong expectation, strong demand. We've got to have that strong pull that we need to pull heaven with. It ain't going to be just shallow faith that's going to get you your answers. You've got to expect, you've got to trust the integrity of God. You've got to dig deep in. Dig deep in. Your expectation shall not be cut off. In the multitude of people, the woman with the issue of blood, her expectation was not cut off. Thousands of people are touching Jesus, but this woman tapped onto the virtue, the power of God, and healed her instantly. Her expectation was not cut off. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So teach us, O Lord, to number our days, to understand our days, understand the events that is coming up, so that we may apply our heart to wisdom, that we may live and use our time wisely. Before that, okay, let's go over to Esther 4.14. It says, for if you, again, I won't talk, I'm, I'm still parking on that concept of time. You need to understand this. Esther 4.14 says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And Mordecai goes on to say, Who knows if perhaps you not the kingdom for that time. Perhaps. We cannot afford to miss our time. Mordecai warned Esther and said, You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And if you miss your opportunity, God is going to raise someone else up in your place. Jesus. You're not irreplaceable. I'll tell you that. None of us are irreplaceable. If you didn't move when you should have, or you didn't leave when you should have stayed, or you didn't do what you needed to do, you are, you are going to miss a turning point. And in this case, for Esther, if she didn't move, Mordecai said, number one, God is going to replace you with someone else, and number two, you and your father's house will perish. So not only you, you stand the risk of losing your position, your purpose in God, and because you forfeited your purpose you also stand the risk of getting destroyed. You know that? Many people who have forfeited the work assignment of God, they end up in destruction eventually. Lord told me clearly, my son, everything that you enjoy today, the blessings, the favor, the protection, is all on the, on the assignment I have marked in your life. As long as you keep your eyes on the assignment and the purpose, it will continue and it will increase. But if you ever take your eyes off, my assignment, the protection is gone. Everything is gone. Just very similar to what Esther's, Mordecai told Esther. If you don't do what you will need to do, if you are taking the eyes of your purpose, God will raise somebody up and you and your father's house will perish. Very clear. That's why we just can't walk carelessly. And so in the book of Hebrews says, Therefore, let us pay close attention to what we've heard lest that it slip away. we got to pay close attention to our Christian walk because it's very easy to drift away into the worldly patterns again. And then, guess what? When you drift away into the worldly patterns, you take your eyes off your assignment and your purpose and you become like an average person. And you set yourself up for destruction from that point. It's not that God will destroy you, it's that the enemy will just wreak a havoc or wreak a havoc. Thank you, Lord. So if you miss your time, God will find another as your replacement. And one more verse and we'll close. Thank you, Jesus. And also, we got to understand divine order. Listen to me. You know, in, in God's timing, every, everything is scheduled. Just because Dan Billman is enjoying something better or having something greater, I or you don't need to get jealous about it. Because there's a divine order. Every person had to pay their dues before they enter into manifestation. You understand that? So, but we know this, our time is coming too. You just got to do what you need to do. Don't get jealous. You know, this is again another general principle. He says, before all this, they will cease you, persecute you. On account of my name, they will deliver you to the synagogues. and What he's saying is, before any manifestation... There's going to be hell breaking loose. You know, right now, in uh, D.C., all hell is breaking loose to impeach Trump. But it ain't going to happen. What is it setting him for? The day of the Lord. And I said day of the Lord. Trump's 2020. They're setting him up for a 2020 win. But before any of that solid manifestation comes, there's going to be hell breaking loose. They're not, they're not going to sit idle. Satan's going to try everything. But that's a general principle, as he said. But before all this, before all the manifestations will come, all this is going to happen. Persecution, backbiting, trying to cut you down. This is a general principle. So in the, in the kingdom, in the church, we don't need to get jealous of one another. What we need to do is, hey, if Dan has something, he's gone through something. Any manifestation you have, you have to pay a price. It ain't easy. Because that person wisely used their time and paid their dues, went through hell and high water, and he's here now. Celebrate them. And know that you are next in line. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, stand up. Matt, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as Mordecai sternly warned Esther, if you remain silent at this time, oh my God. If you remain silent, meaning if you are just sitting in the pew doing nothing, God will replace you. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Jesus gave a stern warning to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. He said, repent from where you've fallen, or else I'll take your lampstand out of you. You can't get distracted from your assignment. You can't let people or things or places... Take you knock you off your assignment, my friends. The enemy has done a lot of havoc in, among people of God. He has put people out of whack, out of alignment, out of order. Some high potential people are in the streets right now. It just can't happen anymore. Repent from where thou art fallen. And say, God, I'm not going to remain silent. I'm going to be active in my purpose. I'm going to build up myself in the most holy faith. I don't care what he or she is doing. I'm going to seclude myself. I'm going to take years to sharpen my axe so that I can be used as a threshing instrument to pulverize mountains, the Bible says. Be wise about the window of opportunity, the Kairos mom- moments that comes. Don't, don't miss out. It is not everyday available. you got to be ruthless about your destiny. Don't let anybody distract you. Don't let anybody sugarcoat you. Fool you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift up your holy hands to heavens. Surrender fresh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus. Just soak in His presence. Come on, just speak in tongues. Pray in the Holy Spirit. English or Chinese or Arabic, doesn't matter. Stir up the fire in you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sister. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just stir it up. Pray as the Lord leads you. For God, we reverence your presence in this
2: hour, God. presence this moment God God we thank you for your pure heart toward us God we thank you for your pure love toward us father God we ask you that every word that you spoke through the man of God would just rest upon us today God that it would become revelatory in our lives father God what we didn't understand God we ask for revelation God We pray that you would settle on our hearts, oh God. Let us not be afraid to move, God, in the direction that you would have us to go. Be our compass, Father God. Continue to be our comfort, Father God. Let us take our eyes off of man and put our eyes on you. Let us take our eyes off of man, God, and put our eyes on you. Let our hearts be focused toward you, Father God. Let us see with our hearts, God. Let us love with our hearts, God. (laughs) For the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent. my might, nor by my power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. You reign, Father. You reign fresh, God. Teach us, God, to respect your presence. Teach us, Father, to love and live in your presence. For you are our dwelling place. We stand before you to honor you, to reverence you, and we call you daddy. Love on us, God. We say settle here, settle here. Not the building, God, but the t- ah, but the temple. Settle here, Father.
0: In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
3: Yes, Father, we come into agreement with righteousness, agreement with your word, agreement with truth. Let it be shed abroad in our hearts. Not a mental game, not something we just prepare in our mind and walk away and forget, but that it be transferred into our spirit, man, and that we begin to walk in accordance with truth, positioning ourselves, knowing where we're at in our lives, knowing what you have for us and what you want for us, and then what we're to do with it. Order our steps. steps, Papa, because you know what we need. You know what steps we need to walk. We may think we know what we want, but you know what we need. So order our steps. By your grace, we'll follow you. By your grace, we'll follow you.